Welcome to On the Line, a podcast for tennis players, coaches, and fans. I'm your host, Jenny Robb. Today on the line, we have Jessica Wayreuter, founder and director of Dream Court and director of Junior Tennis at Lynn Club. Uh, Jessica, thank you so much for taking some time to, to be on the line today. Hi, thank you for having me and good morning to the whole audience that is listening. Yes, yes. So, so tell us a little bit about how you know, you played in juniors and then in college and are now coaching. So tell us a little bit about um, your, your journey. My journey was I was born in Germany and then my parents moved to Argentina when I was young. But we lived in a small, small town in the middle of nowhere up north. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I learned tennis from my dad, but there was really only two tennis courts in the whole town. So there were not really people to play with a lot. And my coaches were not as experienced. Um... So I had to travel a lot just to get practices in. Um, We used to go twice a week to a bigger city where there were more kids and where they had coaches and they had tennis programs. Wow. Okay. And yeah, so I started doing that. I started playing the the state tournaments um, and then started going to the to the bigger national tournaments and i still always enjoyed it so my parents decided when we had like a vacation to um take us to farther away tennis camps and since i was born in in germany sometimes i would go to camps there sometimes i would go to camps in um in buenos aires which was 17 hours away from home but that was the capital city in argentina so yeah, I started to just travel all over um, just to get practices and to play tournaments. That's awesome. Wow. Very, very cool. Um, mm-hmm. And then you came to um, Lindsay Wilson College and tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, in between that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um. When I start, when I finished high school, I moved to Buenos Aires completely, and I just played on the tour for five years. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, that was a crazy time with obviously only tennis for five mm-hmm. years, which mm-hmm. was which was great, but also very hard. Um, you know, playing the W the ITF tournaments um, from country to country was was interesting, but it was also a very tough part of my life. And then I decided after quite a few injuries and my ranking just not moving much, um, starting losing against younger girls, that's, mm-hmm. that's when I decided to go to college. And then I moved to the U.S. with a tennis scholarship at Lindsay Wilson, yeah, yep. which was a, a smaller school. It was an NIA school. Mm-hmm. But we had a super strong team. Um, out of our six players, all of us had WTA points. Um, some of them had played Fed Cup. So, so we were quite competitive and, and um, played several semis and finals at nationals, which was very, very cool. Yeah, that's very And really, cool. in college is where I found more love for the sport. Um, before that, it was, it was just... I remember it as a as a very hard experience, as a constant trying to overcome everything. But mm-hmm. in college, it seemed that it was all more a little bit easier. We had breakfast, lunch, and dinner served. I didn't have to worry where I was going to lose or win. 
to mm. eat the next plate. <laughs> I understand. So, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, so practicing eight hours a day when I was on the tour to now just, you know, two hours of gym and two hours of tennis seemed like a piece of cake to me at that moment. Mm. That's um, a big change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then just the team atmosphere made made the whole tennis experience just more relaxed and more enjoyable as a, as a whole. Oh, I love that. And, and I think, I think that speaks volumes to the importance of team events and, and team Definitely. offerings for, for leagues. I mean, for adults and kids, um, I think Definitely. just being part of a team brings a, like you said, a different level of, of fun and relaxation maybe to it. <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean, my, my story is quite brutal. You know, if you grew up in a town where there's really nobody else that plays tennis besides your brother mm-hmm. and your friends are at the pool or hanging around with friends and right. I had to literally play against the tennis wall because that's all we had. Mm. So I did sort of like it, but I also did it a lot for for my dad which mm. I love dearly and he saw a lot of potential in me and he saw a lot of good things in the sport so so he directed me to that path but it was certainly not an easy route to take whereas in college sort of you were considered almost like a little hero you know right. like um teachers would be happy for you when you would miss a class they would let you take the test the next day um just just the whole attention in college was just amazing really and and just made me feel more appreciated and special within the sport oh that's great that's great well you you I love how you developed a love for the sport in college. I think that's that's really cool, and and it speak it does speak volumes to how hard it is to try to make it on the tour. And you know, I think that's sort of an unsung, um, mm-hmm. you know, issue out there. We see, you know, people like Roger Federer and all that that seem. You know, I loved John Isner's comments after he won Miami. He was like, "Oh, so this is what Roger feels like every week." You know, every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like for those people you know down at the, the lower levels trying to to get their rankings up it's just, it's oh, yeah. very very hard so it's, yeah it, it's hard and frustrating at parts and expensive and you know just yeah <laughs> <laughs> now, were you traveling alone or did you could you travel with a coach because I know it, it's the expense is so so great and like you said it's you don't know how well you're going to do how far yeah. you're going to go in a tournament so you know most of the times I traveled by myself I was used to since very little as I told you you know I was very young my first trip by myself I was nine years old and I traveled 10 hours just to meet with another team so um, I was very very used to traveling by myself just as a younger child already we had a lot of tournaments in Brazil which was even (laughs) another language where I would go by myself I came to the U.S. for the first time also by myself when I was 15 to play orange ball. Wow. Um, I did meet a group here, but I still, you know, I, it was a group that I've never met before. Right, right. Um, after when I was playing on the tour, most of the time I was traveling by myself, specifically also for because of the, because of the expense. You know, coming from South America, you, you don't have many um, tournaments there, so... The closest tournaments were either Mexico or the U.S. And the, the 
the exchange was also very hard. Like we had pesos and to buy dollars, it was a whole big deal. And so, yeah, most of the time by myself. Wow. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> yes. That is a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially, especially the competitiveness um, is so strong, you know, between girls. Like if you just forget a hair clip, like, right. You don't find many girls who are willing to say, oh, yeah, here, you can have mine. You know, I mean, you're little, you're playing against them and you're like, it's their competitor. So, so, right. so you are friends like on the, uh, until a certain level, you know? Sure, sure. But at, at the end of the day, everybody is going after the same goal. So right, <laughs> that right. makes it a little more complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then you got your master's degree at Auburn University of Montgomery. Um, Correct. So how did you get from from Kentucky to Montgomery, Alabama? Um, well, I, I always wanted to do, um, do grad school. I was more focused. I, I thought I wanted to go into sports management. I, I had my eyes fixed more on uh, maybe organizing big tournaments or organizing big sport events. Mm -hmm. So I had applied for different schools to do sports management or MBA. But at, at um, Auburn, at AUM, they had offered me a scholarship to do international relations. Oh, nice. And, and they literally pushed me and kept calling me and just made, keep make, keep, kept making the deal even better and better. And I really didn't think about international relations. But then the more I thought about it, it's like, you know, I was born in one continent. I grew up in another one. And <laughs> now I'm living in another one. So I do <laughs> like, you know, the relationship in between them and see how it all works. And I like communication in general. Mm -hmm. So I said, oh, this would be sort of fun. You know, they're paying for my books, for my studying, for my staying. They were even be paying me like on top just to study. And I'm like, well, not many people get, you know, paid to study. So yeah. <laughs> I said, this is well, true. Let's, let's just do this for a year and or two. And then I can still study sports management after. And when I started to study, it was like nothing like what I had imagined. My, my classes were at the Air Force. Wow. It was. It was a lot emphasized on war and peace, on social, on 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 the ter I mean, all all things that I really had never pictured. Like a lot about wars and mm -hmm. a lot about just pol politics, really. Yes. Okay. And so I had to study a ton. But what I liked the most about it was the social and economic development that um, that you could do and how different countries just developed different. And so I, I decided to combine my expertise in sports with that. And I created a limited liability company to use sports as a social and economic development. And I, I just, awesome. <laughs> yeah, and that's how, that's how, um, yeah, that's how Dream Court really came about after that. 
So, so tell me a little bit about your, your passion for Dream Court. And I know you've been involved with the Special Olympics. Um, you were involved with the Special Olympics coaching Team Alabama, but then mm-hmm. you were also involved with Team Austria at one time? Yes. Um, well, that, that really all came a little bit after I started Dream Court. Dream Court is a tennis program for people with special needs to play tennis. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really had never thought as much about people with special needs or I just my, my mind was never open until the day that one of my ex-boyfriends or the, had a ski accident mm. and um, he became quadriplegic and so Ugh. it just really shocked me and I and I was like in a you know in in a big thought process for a long time and just started googling what people with quadriplegic can do what they can what can they not do right. what's the recovering process um and just just in general and and i had already um started my my llc then mm-hmm. um, to use sports to you know help people mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when I decided to start a program for people with special needs to play tennis. Um, my initial thought was more towards wheelchair tennis, mm-hmm. but I decided to do it for both, for intellectual and for physical. Okay. And really, it just grew from there. <laughs> well, that's amazing. And you've taken this team um, that is this truly truly an amazing thing and and gives such joy to so many people I mean touching so many lives and not just the people involved in the program but their family members and and the volunteers that come and help you I mean you have you have a big this is a big thing I mean you had a court built you have your dream court um, there in Montgomery which Mm -hmm. is truly truly amazing and you know you have um, a lot of support from the community there and and you've taken um these teams to special pops the event over in atlanta um what does that uh, mean to you well it certainly means a lot it really changed my whole life um i i was pleading to god to to just to give me a reason to like wake up every morning Mm -hmm. and, and to feel useful in this world and i really feel that he just did it for me. Um, he just used me in the di- in, in different ways um, to do different things, but everything sort of started to come together very easily. the The city of Montgomery offered us a piece of land, and we built the tennis courts. And then the people with special needs just started coming. You know, the first year we only had five, and then the next season we had a couple more, and now we have over hundred athletes that play. That is awesome. Yeah, this spring um, we have 45 playing every Saturday. We divide them up in levels. And like as you said, it's not only the impact to those with special needs, but also their parents and their siblings and their grandparents who come and see them. And of course, also for the volunteers who come and help, um, they get to feel that their knowledge of tennis or their impact is, is, is different. So... I think as a whole, it has worked out for the benefit of everybody. Um, and on top of just practicing here in town, yes, like as you said, we take our athletes to play tournaments um, outside of 
of the city and that really had never even crossed my mind when I started the program mm -hmm. I just I just wanted to have the people with special needs something to do besides staying at home and watch TV you know right. I wanted right. them to just get out and have some physical activity and got some vitamin D and maybe meet some people <laughs> yes and all of a sudden you know they wanted to go somewhere and so we we took them and <laughs> When they came back, one of them literally wrote an essay for school saying, I'm on the tennis tour with Miss Jessica now. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. So you yeah. can sort of see a reflection of yourself a little bit, it sounds like, yeah. you know, with you being yeah. on the tour and then, you know, finding joy in college with being part of a team. And then you've given back by allowing, you know, or giving the opportunity for these um, athletes to be on a team. I mean, that's that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the when I came down to that first practice and I was just mm -hmm. overwhelmed with it all, it was such an amazing thing to, to see and be a part of. And you told me about one of the little girls, one of the athletes, that when she first started coming, she didn't really participate at all. She couldn't even really walk. And yeah. then I saw her walk up to the podium that you have when you give the awards. And <laughs> that was amazing. Yes, um, we really do see uh, a lot of difference with the program, like how kids or how the athletes with special needs get from one um, step to the other one. And, and we, we find success in, in each story, really. You know, there are some athletes that come and can barely, you know, hold the racket. And when they mm -hmm. hold the racket, that's a huge success. And some right. others hold the racket and swing the ball, but barely make contact. So when they eventually make contact with the ball, that's like a huge milestone. And others yes. make contact, but have a hard time getting the ball over the net. So when they get it over the net, it's like, yeah, you know. And of course, others are very athletic and, and hit the ball great and get it over the net back and forth. And now our challenge or our, our em emphasizement is on getting them to score and to count their score and to keep the score in their mind and know where to stand to serve and yeah yeah and then um I I also loved when I came down last year for the um when you did the integrated play day where, where they played oh, with the buddy yeah, yeah amazing stuff I mean I was so I was blown away totally oh, blown wow. away at, at how well all the athletes could do. And, and like you just said, they, they know where to stand. They know how to keep score. I mean, they're, they're doing it. They're playing tennis. They're competing. Right. But we, um, we host a unified double play day once a year. <laughs> and it always happens in the first um, weekend of May, which is a Saturday. <laughs> and in this weekend or in this Saturday, every athlete with special needs gets a partner. And they literally play a real tennis match against another unified team. Mm -hmm. And um, we divide them up in levels. You know, mm -hmm. some levels are, they play red ball on the service box. Some levels play with the orange ball on the 64 court. And some levels play on the full court. And yeah, I mean, it gets to, it gets pretty competitive on, on the higher levels, honestly. And the other ones just really have a blast anyways. And just, a, just being loved and on a team and playing against another team is just yeah it's it's great for everybody yeah and having having that success and and you know mm -hmm. feeling a part of of the sport and, uh, and of the community in yes. general oh yes yeah. so it was so amazing so how I mean what what 
sort of with the process. I mean, I love that you use the red, orange, and green um, mm-hmm. kind of idea with with this program. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah. How did you kind of arrive at, at the format? Um, well, we had certain guidelines to start with, um, where we had a a certain certain date to play you know we always made um spring summer fall Mm -hmm. uh, and we had certain things that that we knew since the very beginning but certain aspects of dream court have evolved throughout um our 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 development really Mm -hmm. and being being very involved with special olympic i copied a lot from them or i'm using i'm using their um, scoring and yes they already have a scoring in process that they have five different levels and they used our the the balls from the 10 and under USCA program mm-hmm. so so we really follow their guidelines okay um, so our practices are basically preparing our athletes so when they participate at a special olympic they can go ahead and do what they have been doing in practices that's awesome that, that is fantastic. Now, you're also the director of junior tennis at Montgomery Country Club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm doing that too. <laughs> so tell yeah. us a little bit about, about um, um, your experience there at Montgomery Country Club. <laughs> well, I started working at the Country Club um, just as a helper, really, when I was still in grad school. Um, I would just go in the afternoons and help with the junior clinics and then I started to pick up some private lessons here and there and um, yes my 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 love for tennis grew a little bit more then but what what I liked the most about coaching was that I could see something grow Um, Mm. I, I would really find pleasure in taking a kid and making him better right and uh and i wanted to make sure that i can get the best out of each and and that and that was quite different depending on on the athlete you know some Mm -hmm. have um better athletic skills some others have better coordination some others are bad at coordination and athletic skills (laughs) but have a huge self-confidence and you know like each of them had just different attributes and different things that were harder for them and so um i wanted to find their potential and and i want and i wanted them to find their potential and their value and i just started to get more and more involved in their little lives and in their um in their tournament and and so i don't know how it happened but i just my boss asked me can you become the director of the juniors and at that moment, I really wasn't that sure that I could because I was just so involved with Dream Court already, right, and right. I didn't feel that I had a second in my day left over. But I really liked—I um, I wanted to make sure that our program followed the ten and under um, development process, and mm-hmm. and I felt that if I was if I wasn't gonna do it, I was afraid it was not gonna happen. Right. So I just said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, I did it and, and, and it was certainly a learning process too and, and I've made quite a few mistakes along the way but I've learned and and yeah it's 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 still not where I would want it to be but it, but it's but it's 
it's going. It's good. Well, I think that's uh, I think that could be anywhere. You know, it's all it's all a process. But I loved what you were talking about earlier. We're getting getting involved with the needs of each athlete and how they're different. I mean, I think that was a pretty mm-hmm. uh, beautiful and accurate definition of athlete centered coaching. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, well, I know. Everybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know you're you're making such an impact on, on the community there, and, and you know, in so many different ways. So that's that's pretty awesome and. So from that, you got recognized a few times this year. You are the PTR member of the year for Alabama. Congratulations again. <laughs> oh, thank you. There are, there are really so many great coaches in Alabama, but but thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what what did that mean to you to be the member of the year for the, the PTR for our state? I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Well, it definitely was very humbling and and and. Yeah, just very, very grateful for 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 many people supporting me and and, and believing in me and and just helping in in my growth. I mean, I I really, um, I really owe it to to people that have been along my side, like my boss and the people that work with me and 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 this the parents that bring their students to me. All that we. we without them, it would just have never happened. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And then. Um... I was fortunate enough to come down and, and uh, work with you at the Blue Gray. We've done the kids' day together two two mm-hmm. years in a row now, which has been a blast. But you were mm-hmm. you were recognized there. What was the uh, name of that award? What you um, were- it was the Grace Award. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that was very neat and special. I feel I I tried to choose a word each, at the beginning of each year um, to just help me through it and, and just mm-hmm. keep going to that. And this year my word was grace and I felt oh, wow. that I didn't have enough grace. And I just, you know, I just kept, I, I'm, I'm a very impulsive person and, <laughs> and I try to do it all. And I try to tell everybody how to do it. And so sometimes I really, really need more grace because I need to <laughs> slow down and, and, you know, make sure that, they, that I don't run over people. <laughs> <laughs> And when they gave me that Grace Award, it was like really just an encouragement to just keep working on on my Grace skills. Oh, that is awesome! Well, congratulations again, and um, so you are also um, and an involved with the Girls Tennis Network. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, your involvement with the Girls Tennis Network and what what that is. Well, um, yes, Girls Tennis Network is really a program to educate coaches on how to better um, communicate really and coach girls versus boys so Mm -hmm. so coaching is 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 really fun and 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 interesting and and sometimes we tend to want to treat everybody the the same way Mm -hmm. but that doesn't always work and specifically between boys and girls there's just such a huge difference in the way they they think, in the way they react, in the way they make their thought process. Mm-hmm. And so Girls Tennis Network is just really um, that, just helping coaches see that difference and helping them identify which words would be better or which words should we avoid and, and when to say different things. And yeah, that's really about it. Yeah, that's awesome, and we're we're hoping to get some events here in Alabama, and and looking forward to more more education. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I, um, if, if there is a, if there is, um, there is a need, if they, if some coaches would want to, I would love to, um, share with what I've learned and it's just learn together for sure. Oh, that is fantastic. Well, Jessica, is there anything else that you want to just say to our listeners or, or anyone out there or anything else you, you want to talk about? Um, I think I already talked a lot. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, been fantastic. Thank you so much for, for sharing your journey with us. And thank you for all you're doing to impact the, you know, the community in such a positive way. And, um, we just appreciate you and, and, I'm glad you're in Alabama. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me and to everybody that is listening. um, A great rest of the day and week and year and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk soon. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.